0: Welcome home to the Sanctuary A place of rest for the broken and weary Where you can let go Cause you're fully known Fuck forever daddy Oh how we love you so I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship We pray the following message will be encouraging to you Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion And discover the joy of a relationship with the Creator Amen. Anybody excited about the Word this morning? Man, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Father, release the anointing that breaks the yoke in this place right now, God. Release the anointing, God, that comes against, that breaks anger, that breaks bitterness, that breaks doubt, that breaks mistrust, that breaks a- unforgiveness, God. Release the anointing. Lord God, that breaks the yoke in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's get it started. The worship team ended with Loves Us. This mic is going in and out. Oh, all right. The worship team ended with the song said that He loves us. And, And listen to the quote. I like to start with a quote. Listen to the quote that I had ready for this morning. We all need love, but we need it most when we deserve it least. Amen. Write it down. We all need love, but we need it most when we deserve it least. Last week we ended the service with such a beautiful picture the body of Christ. It was a, a beautiful picture. At one point we were all connected. If you, if you missed it, just check it out online. It, at one point we were all connected. Everybody in the place was connected. And, and, and through that we were all connected to the love of God in, in through one way or another. It was, a, it was a picture of just people touching and agreeing. Amen? And, and see, there was such an awesome outpouring of God's love as well as His power. And, and that always happens when two or more touch and agree, the word says. And then it's even greater when we touch and agree on that which God has already agreed upon for us. See, we were all connected for a moment last week and it was on purpose. So that through one another, we were all connected to the love of God, right? And and what was awesome about it is that not one person was it, not one person more important, than the other, not not one person mattered. And from 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 the front all the way to the second to last, everyone was equal. Amen. All connected to the love of God. The the person all the way in the back that was second to last was just as important as the first because. Through them, the last person was reached. And so that was, that's kind of the beauty of, of touching and agreeing on something that God has already agreed upon for us. Now listen, we, a few of us, can go out, find the Ferrari, you know, in the better part of the neighborhood. We probably have to go a little far. And we can touch and agree on that thing. Amen? Who's down? Who's down? We can, we can go and touch and agree all right, if it comes out, I'll use it. we can go and touch and agree on a Ferrari. And, but see, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean that by the time we get home, there's going to be a Ferrari in all of our driveways. right? But you see, when we touch and agree on that which God has already agreed upon for us, it's a totally different story, Amen? Now, we can talk about wealth and prosperity, and we can talk about all the great things this morning that we believe God wants us to have, and that would be fine. It's Mother's Day, and and I know some of the moms in here, you guys deserve it. Amen? Anybody know a mom in here that deserves it? They deserve everything that God has for them. They deserve all the good things. They deserve all the great things that God has for them man there's some moms in here they're doing it alone there's some man you guys are so deserving I, this the we got the best moms in here man i love I love to see how how some of you come bundled up with six kids you know one on your neck and, and two in a stroller and and one is dragging on the leg and you're just bringing them in. And, and somehow you're still smiling. Somehow you're still, man, we got some awesome mothers. And so you guys would deserve all of that. And we can talk about that. We can get some Bible scriptures to back it up. And we can talk about all the things that God has for us. We can still be biblical. It would still be correct. A lot of us would still be excited. Amen. Or we can spend the next few minutes getting into God's word. Going after God's heart instead of God's hands. Amen? And, and, and agreeing on that which God has already agreed upon for us spiritually. See, when we touch and agree that we'll walk in victory, when we touch and agree that we'll walk in power, when we touch and agree that we'll walk in love, then we can leave that place of meeting and walk in victory, in power, and in love. Amen? Some of y'all don't believe it. But you see, He's already made it possible because when we do what God says we can do, He's already in it. I want you to get that this morning. I, I see, I don't know that God wants me to drive the newest Lexus. I'm sure open to it. <laughs> Amen. I'll have no problem picking the colors and the the whatever. But I don't know in my heart that God wants me, but I do know that He wants me to walk in love. I do know that. I know that that's His will for me. I know He wants me to walk in love. Amen. So if I walk in love, I agree with what God has already agreed upon for me. And if I'm walking in the love of God, showing love to those around me, especially those that need it most when they deserve it least, then if He wants me to to bless me with the Lexus, amen. Right? But see, we need to be careful. Here's what I want you to get. We need to be careful that we're not chasing a gift that's not connected to the giver. Man... I could drive a Humpty and be close to God. And you could drive the 2013 Lexus that ain't even out yet and be miserable. How many of you know that? And, and, and the sad thing is, in my Humpty, if you broke down, I'd probably stop and help you. But, 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 but you'd be in your 12, 2013 driving by and you'd ignore me. That was Pastor, I didn't see him. Pastor looked like he broke down. But look what he's driving. But I don't got time for that. Right? See, it's, 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 when, it's something, man, when we walk in what God already has. So we need to be careful that we don't chase a gift that's not connected to the giver. God says, seek first my kingdom and all those things I'll add unto you. How many receive that? All those things I'll add unto you. See, when it comes to us wanting to be more like Him, when it comes to us wanting to walk in the way we were created to walk, when it comes to us wanting to be the person, the man, the woman that God want, created us to be, God is already in that. There's no mystery. He's already there. And that's the title of my message this morning. And what I really want to leave with you this morning, what I want to bless you with, is when you're walking in God's will, He's already there. Tell somebody, He's already there. See, the beautiful thing about aligning your life with God, listen to me, especially if if you're just here to please your mama. I know there's a few of us here, right? We're just here to please mama. The last place we thought we want to be this morning is church. We're still feeling that way. We're we're happy the, the singing is over. We're happy the announcements are over. We're happy they've already collected the money. Now we're just waiting for the guy to shut up so we can leave. And mom will be happy I made it to church. Amen, amen. Good, right? Listen, listen. The beautiful thing about aligning your life with God is that the second you decide to do that, he's already there. He's already there the second you you decide. Listen, even at, he's all about just being there. He never turned from you even when you and I went running in the total opposite direction. Even even if we have to come all the way around and come full circle right back to where we started from. The good news this morning is that he's already there. He's already there. Listen, if there is one thing God won't do is he'll turn away from those that turn to him. The word says that God can't do that. He can't turn away from those that turn to him. Listen, Psalm 51 7 says, a broken and a contrite heart, God, you will not despise. Listen to the way the message says it. It says, I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love don't for a moment escape God's notice Isaiah 57:17 says for thus says the one who is high and lifted up who inhabits eternity whose name is holy he says i dwell in the high and holy place and also with him Who is of a contrite and lowly spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. God says, I dwell in the most holy place and also with him. Somebody must have told you y'all had to be quiet in here. What happened? See, the the, the way this works, if I say something you agree with, I don't know where you're from. But if, if I say something you agree with, it's okay here to shout amen. It's okay to be excited. If, 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 you know, if you hear something from the Word of God that kind of that grabs you, it's okay to get up and run around your aisle and sit back down and be happy. Amen? So I just free you. Somebody must have told you you had to act civilized in here. This ain't that kind of church. If you didn't get that yet, <laughs> you, you, you'll get it. Amen. Isaiah, let, let's start it again, man. Y'all killing me. Isaiah 66, 2 says, this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Amen. Amen. Now we're getting better. See, when we stop running and turn to God, he's already there. As a matter of fact, you couldn't turn unless he was already there. It's him, it's his presence that's making you turn. I believe some people today are going to turn. I I just feel it in my spirit. There's some people here today that you're going to turn. You're going to resist it all the way, but you're going to turn. You're going to fight it all the way, but you're going to turn. You're not going to want to, but you're going to turn. I just believe that. I believe that. Listen, listen. You know how in every horror movie... The dumb blonde, sorry, 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 sorry to the blondes and the fake blondes and and the wannabe blondes, sorry. But, you know, in every movie, in every horror movie, right, the bad guy is chasing this serial killer, Jason, Freddy, Michael, all those guys, right? They're chasing the the, the, the person, and, and, and she's running and running and running with all she got, and she's running this way, right? And running and running, always looking back. She'll trip and fall. She'll get back up. She's running and running. And then they always show the the serial killer, right? He's just chilling, just... He stops for a cigarette. He stops to kill three other people. And, and still just, she's still running and running. And the second, the second she turns around, bam, he's right there. Right? Are you going to act like you don't watch these movies? You, you know what happens, right? She's running for three and a half hours. And the second, she, the second she turns around, bam, he's right there. Listen, God is, is, is right there. The second you turn around, when you stop running, trying to do things on your own, trying to do things in your own strength, as soon as you turn around, he's right there. Listen to this parable, it's beautiful. God is like Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street. As soon as you close your eyes, he's already there. The difference is he's not there to harm you, he's there to help you. He's not there to tear you apart, he's there to build you up. He's not there to destroy you, he is there because he has plans for you, plans to take care of you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans not for evil, but, 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 but to give you a future, Jeremiah 29, 11. He's already there. Amen. 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 Let's jump back into our Genesis story that we've been going through the whole year. I like to... <laughs> you like that one, huh? I thought people leave the church when they hear that one. God is like Freddie, man, boy. Man, boy, this church is crazy. Let's jump into Genesis, man. I love, I love teaching on Genesis because everybody can pretend like they know their Bibles. You just open it up, it's the first book. You don't have to go looking, you don't have to front, so let's, let's set the, we've already started this and, and let's set the scenario again, Noah and his whole posse, they come out of the ark and God blesses them, right, and, and he tells them what's good for them to eat and he has it all set up for them and, and you know we, we, we talked about last week he starts to teach them about not eating the blood he starts to teach them to respect the blood but he tells them they can eat everything everything is allowed to eat every green plant every berry every fruit every animal you can eat it all listen Noah's wife had the first cuchifrito in the neighborhood she was selling chicken feed and pig knuckles and pig ears Patelillo, she had more patelillos than Sandy. But no morcia, nothing with the blood. He said nothing with the blood, we have to respect the blood. See, the blood was the life of all things to be, and it had to be respected as sacred, the word says. And it would later be poured out for our sins, first from the sacrifice of animals, and then from Christ who became the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So then right after that, we read on immediately following the warnings on the blood. We discover how important life is to God. When he says in chapter 9, right after the blessing, he says this, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made him. See, you have to understand how God feels about life. According to God's command, when a man's blood is shed, there must be an accounting for it. Because man is made in the image of God. Amen? So God is teaching us about the sanctity of life. God is teaching that life is holy. God mentions violence before the flood as one of the reasons for it. He clearly wants us to see life as holy and precious. And we learned before with Cain and Abel how the blood of the dead cries out from the ground, right? When Cain killed Abel, he said, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Imagine if for one moment we could hear the blood that cries out from the ground from our cities and from our streets. Can you imagine what that would sound like? Probably worse than any horror movie we could imagine. How the blood cries out from the streets. Well, listen, listen. If if we would contemplate and understand that people were created in the image of God and that when we hurt people, we violate God. See, I don't I don't understand how how people, especially Christians, how we could hurt people, how we could violate people, how we could abuse people and, 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 and control people and manipulate people. I don't understand how we, knowing God and knowing how God feels about us and how we were created in His image, how we can go ahead and violate the face of God. Because God says, what we do unto the Lord, what we do unto people, we do unto Him. Right? Right? So when we, you know, we, when, when we hurt people, when we abuse people, when we mistreat them, it's like we're doing it as unto the Lord. And then we wonder why we're not blessed. We wonder why we don't prosper, why we don't grow, why, we don't, you know, why, why our prayers aren't answered. Jesus illustrates it in the New Testament. He says, that which you do unto the least of these, you do unto me. Can you, can you just grab that for a moment? That which we do unto the least of these, you have done it unto me. All right, so listen. So after the blood, God deals with the covenant. Now later the covenant will be the blood, but at this point the covenant is God's promise and a sign. I want you to read this if you have your words with me. Genesis 9. I want you to see this part because it's really cool. Watch this. Genesis 9, starting at 11. He says, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. And never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. Verse 13, I have set my bow bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. And when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living thing of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. Sixteen. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Now listen, I've read a lot of nonsense about this promise of the rainbow. Because science, amen, because science has been able to fully explain the rainbow They believe that it ceases to be God. Listen. They say it has nothing to do with God and that it would happen naturally. That it just has to happen. But see, science seems to think that because they can explain it and in some cases duplicate it, that it ceases to be God. But we need to remind them that before they can explain it, before they can study it, before they can recreate it, somebody had to create it. Amen? See, somebody had to create it before we go around copying it, right? And, and that's what science kind of always forget. See, we have to start living like everything is a miracle or nothing is. Either everything's a miracle or nothing is. The fact that our air is the right percent of oxygen and hydrogen that makes it okay for us to breathe. Miracle. The fact that, you know a miracle bugs me out all the time? The fact that what we exhale, carbon dioxide, plants need to live and then what they take from us to live, they produce oxygen which is what we need to live. Coincidence? Ch- random chance? No, it all had to happen, amen? See, either everything's a miracle or nothing is. The, the way our earth rotates, either everything's a miracle or nothing is. The distance that we are from the sun, one mile closer we'll all burn up and be cochifrito, or one mile farther we'll all freeze and die. The, it, it has to be just right, just perfect. Either everything's a miracle or nothing is. As simple as the rainbow is, listen to this, it is quite amazing. I don't know if you guys understand, but a rainbow is sunlight reflected on raindrops. Isn't that not cool? Watch this. A rainbow is the reflection of light. It's one reflection and two refractions for those of you that are scientists. the light that we, that we don't see the colors in the light, it's all white, right? But all the colors are there. It gets, it gets reflected on the raindrops that are falling and then that light is refracted coming in and refracted coming out, which allows us to see the colors of the rainbow. Is that like a... I mean, come on. That's just random chance. Can, who can set up the sun and raindrops as a backdrop to give us a bow of color? It, it, it's pretty amazing when you think about setting that up the way that has to happen. If you don't see God in that thing, you just don't want to see him. Right? Listen, now here's something really cool. Watch this. A rainbow, stay with me, I'm finished. Watch. A rainbow only appears when it's raining in one part of the sky and it's sunny in another. You didn't know that? So, usually when we see a rainbow, it means that the rain is passing. It means that it's already started, stopped raining in some part, and it's raining in one part. So, when we see a rainbow, it usually means that, that the rain is passing. But listen, when you see a rainbow, it means physically, this is the only way you can see a rainbow. Look in all your science books. Physically, This is physically true. It has to be raining in front of you and the sun has to be behind you. That's the only way you can see a rainbow. Do you have any science majors that can say, yeah, he's telling the truth? Uh, Check it. Google. Google is incredible. Go check it out and see if I'm lying. The only way for you to see a rainbow is the rain has to be in front of you and the sun has to be directly behind you. That means whenever you see a rainbow, scientifically true, the storm is in front of you and the sun is behind you. <laughs> come on. Come on, come on. Let, let's, let's break that up a little bit. <laughs> That means the color in your storm is proof that the sun is already there. If you're facing the rain, if you're facing the storm, if you just turn around, the sun is already there. Family, sometimes it feels like we're facing the storm. Sometimes it feels like we're never going to get through some things. Or like we're all alone sometimes. And, and I want you to know that God's promises are before you. Sometimes the promises are in the storm. Come on, moms. Amen? Sometimes the promises are in the storms. But be rest assured, the sun is already there. (laughs) See, if God, imagine if God had not given them a promise connected to the rainbow, to Noah's family and to those people. That means every time it rained, they would have been terrified. They would have thought God is angry again. Only this time he didn't tell us. So they would have been, I don't know about you, but if it started to drizzle, I'd be in the ark. Drizzle, the first cloud, I'm in the ark. Uh, y'all can have all the fun you want, I'm in the ark. I, I've seen this before. <laughs> Last time this happened, everybody died. I'm in the ark, I grabbed my kids, we're in the ark. right? But see, God had given them the promise so that when they saw the rainbow, they knew that the sun was already there. Amen? They knew that the storm was passing. Is anybody excited about your storm passing? Is anybody excited that in the middle of your storm, even when it's still before you, you already know that the sun is already there? Amen? Church, Jesus, who was the last covenant, is the sign that you and I have been given. He said, in this world you'll have trouble, but fear not because I've overcome this world. You will have storms. You will face the rain. But remember, when you're facing these storms, he's already there. Let me tell you one more cool thing about a rainbow that that I bet you didn't know. Did you know that every person sees their own personal rainbow? This um, This is dead up. Every person sees their own personal rainbow. Even because if you're standing here, the sun is behind you, the rain is in front of you, and you're seeing the reflection of light coming through raindrops, even the person right next to you is seeing different different raindrops at a different angle. They're seeing a different rainbow than you're seeing. The rainbow is your personal rainbow. Come on. Could it be that God is showing us that his promises are personal? That they're personal, tailor-made just for me, just for you, just for her. Amen? Isn't it cool that something God uses as a promise is something that we can all see personally in a way that nobody else can see? I don't know about you. I got more excited when I read that than you guys did. Second Peter says, God has given us his great and precious promises. I'm going to read to you this little thing and I want to end with this. Watch this. This is our thinking versus God's promises. Moms, just receive this. We say it's impossible. God says all things are possible Luke 18 27 we say I'm too tired God says I'll give you rest Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28 man says nobody loves me really God says I love you truly John 2 16 and John 13 34 man says I can't go on God says my grace is sufficient for you second Corinthians 12 9 man says I can't figure things out God says I'll direct your steps Proverbs 3 5 and 6 man says I I can't do it? God says you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Philippians four thirteen. Man says I'm not able. God says but I'm able. Second Corinthians. Man says it's not worth it. God said it will be worth it. Romans eight twenty eight. God. Man says but I can't forgive myself. God says but I forgive you. First John one nine. Man says, I can't manage. God says, I'll supply all your needs, Philippians 4, 19. But I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7. But I'm always worried and frustrated. God says, cast all your fears on me, 1 Peter 5, 7. Man says, but I don't have enough faith. God says, I've given everyone a measure of faith, Romans 12, 13. I'm not smart enough, God says, I'll give you wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1, 30. I feel all alone, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. Listen, church, whether whether you've been calling out to God or trying to run away from Him and get as far away as possible, and even when it seems like maybe you've succeeded like maybe you're so far from God that you think he can't even see you or hear you anymore science tells us that when the rain is in front of you the sun is already there church if you turn around you'll find he's already there can we just stand for a moment Manny, you can come. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Listen, I just want you to, to, just to just be alone for a couple of seconds with yourselves and just ask yourself, man, where am I? You know, where am I? What, what situation am I in? Am I I'm in the middle of the storm? Am I facing a storm? What, what's going on right now? Where am I? Have I just been trying to run? Have I just been far from, from God, trying to get away from God? To some of us, God is like Freddie, man. He's horrifying. He's terrifying. And we think he's, he's chasing us because he's angry. We think he's coming at us because he's mad. We think he's coming at us to destroy us, to break us apart, to embarrass, to humiliate us, to tear us apart. But, but listen, God is, God is gentle. And somebody, somebody needed to come today for somebody to tell you that God is not angry at you. No matter how many times you failed, no matter how many times you blew it. This could be the 56th time that you've tried to turn it around and step into a church. And you might just be happy that the building didn't fall on you, but you still think God is angry at you. You still think that you're too far from God. You still think that there is nothing That God could want you for or or use you with. I want to speak to you specifically. If it's just one person here, I want you to know that God's not far from you. That he's already there. That he's heard every cry. He's heard every, he's seen every rebellious act, everything that you've tried to do to, to separate yourself from him, everything that you've told him in anger, everything that you've, that you've said and discussed. And God said, I'm still here. And so as the worship team starts to worship before we leave this Mother's Day, I want you guys to, to, to be able to go out and have an awesome time with your moms. Take her someplace to eat. Spend some time with mom. Take a few minutes minutes today to just tell her how much she means to you. To thank her for all the things that she's done. But for right now, I just want to call you out and just say, man, if if that's you. If you're saying, man, I've been kind of so far from God, I just want to come to him. And if you're realizing today that God is already there, would you just come would you come and worship with us? As we start to worship, go ahead guys. I just invite you the altars are open.